With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. Oh wait, I wasn't. I was. I was still muted. Oh, uh oh. There we go. Can you, can you hear me? Okay. Can. okay. Nick, can you hear me? I, I can hear you. I can hear both of you. Awesome. Oh, we got all kinds of video. Okay, I'll switch to the full. <laughs> switch to the full McGee if we're all doing video. There we go. Wait, that's what you said, right? Yeah. We're in it to win it now. Sweet. Y'all don't mess with us now. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz. We live. We live. We are live on YouTube. For the Patreon people, I don't know if... If anyone's watching, because I didn't do a great job of really advertising it. But uh, we are live here on Locked On Hornets for the Patreon folks. Uh, this is your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, and I'm joined today by a panel of Hornets experts. We've got on the line so far, we've got uh, producer Claire James, Calamity James, as she's Hello. better known. Claire, what's going on? Not much. How are you? Good. And then we have, so I think you have to, in order for the, the Zoom to actually see you, I think you have to speak a little louder. So Claire, how you doing? Sorry. I'm good. How are there you? There we go. There she is. <laughs> and uh, Nick Denning from atthehive.com. Nick, what's going on? I'm doing all right. Oh, good. I, I didn't did I speak loud enough. I don't oh, know. I was so loud. It was okay. so loud. It was so good. <laughs> the levels are good. Yeah, still waiting uh, on David Walker. We'll see if he uh, manages to join us here. We've got a big show. We've got uh, new Hornets jerseys to talk about. David and I, of course, gave our uh, first reactions to those jerseys uh, yesterday. And I talked to Pete Gwelly. We're going to hear that in a minute. He's the chief sales and marketing officer, basically the guy behind some of what you're seeing. So we'll hear from him in uh, just a moment. Uh, and we're also going to talk about Briante Weber getting waived by the team. The team moving on from the Weber era. Oh, ding dong. Who is this? Oh, yeah. This must be David Walker. We'll wait. We'll see. <laughs> He's figuring it out. Maybe. Possibly. All right. Well, let's, let's keep going. Uh, let's begin with a big reveal that fell a little short for a lot of listeners out there. I know the Hornets unveiled two of four, maybe five. We don't know for sure yet. Jordan Brand uniform sets that they are going to wear this season. Before we get into our thoughts and your feedback, let's hear from Pete Gwelly. He's the chief sales and marketing officer for the Charlotte Hornets. Nike unveiled four categories of jerseys that each team will have next season. The jerseys that were revealed, the uniform sets that were revealed today are the Association and Icon uh, jerseys. 
Now, last season, uh, you went with white and purple for your home and away jerseys. This season, mm-hmm. the teal version becomes the icon. Uh, what went into that decision? You know, the league's done away with those designations of home and away, so you can really be a lot more flexible with what you can wear at home. And, you know, Doug, that teal jersey from the minute we rolled it out has been one of our most popular ones. So to have the flexibility to potentially wear it more at home is something we're really excited about. Now, I'm seeing reports out there of a fifth, possible fifth uniform set. Can you confirm that? I can, unfortunately, Doug. You know, I can only talk about the first two, you know, that we've worked on, and there'll be a lot more coming on the next two towards the um, end, of, end of the summer. And now, when should fans expect to see what the, the, the rest of what the team has to offer? Later in the summer, we'll start to roll out those other versions. Um, you know, right now we're f- kind of focused on the icon and the association, but I think they'll be happy with what we've got to show them. Overall, it seems as if the design uh, takes a lot of cues from last season's set. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's pretty similar. You know, we weren't anticipating making big changes. You know, we rolled it out a few years ago, and everyone was very happy with the design, and Jordan Brand was heavily involved in that process. So we knew we were going to stick relatively close to what we had. Obviously, there's a couple of subtle changes from a design standpoint. A lot of the differences you won't see, they're on the innovation side. And then obviously being the only Jumpman team in U.S. professional sports is a big deal to us. So what are some of those innovation uh, designs that you talked about that maybe fans won't immediately notice when you look at it? Yeah, they're lighter. The way it's cut is more flexibility um, for the for the athlete. They wick away moisture quicker than the old jerseys. So things like that. But everything is designed by Nike to make the athletes um, you know, that much more better on the court. Other than obviously having a different patch than every other team in the association, how does working with Jordan Brand affect the look of the Charlotte Hornets moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we think it's huge. It's one of the most culturally relevant brands in the world. It elevates every brand that's associated with it. And obviously it's tied directly to our owner. So this is the first time we've really been able to tie his brand formally to ours and to step onto the court opening night with that Jordan brand patch on our jerseys. It means a lot to us. It's going to mean a lot to our owner and a lot to our players. Now, I know you can't really talk about the other jerseys, but what will what's sort of the philosophy, the mindset that's going in uh, to some of uh, the, the things that fans can expect to see uh, out of what the, the Hornets wear next season? You know, Doug, we did a lot of research when we brought the Hornets brand back, so we still go back to that and try to determine what the next step should be for the franchise. I think you know next year's our 30th anniversary so there's a lot of exciting things coming up, um, but we, you know, we listen to the fans. I think you guys are aware of that, and we're going to try to have that reflected in our uniforms moving forward. One last question I saw in the, the video and then the promotional materials, uh, MKG sporting one of, this jer- one of these jerseys, and uh, he's, uh, he's muscular, looking fit. He's eating Wheaties <laughs> over there. What's going on? What are you guys feeding MKG this offseason? You know, it, I think it's really more just a function of he's had an entire offseason to work out injury-free, and you're starting to see that reflected in how he looks. I know people were really excited about that, but, you know, MKG with a few pounds on him could be a dynamic player on the court. We're, we're excited to get him back 100% healthy and have him start the season that way. All right, Pete Gwelly, Executive Vice President, Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for the Charlotte Hornets. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us. You got it, Doug, anytime. The organization has been hyping this since last week. They tied it in with their app. So I guess the first question is, did the reveal match the hype, Claire? No. Sorry. But I I tweeted out yesterday that I was basically underwhelmed. Um, And I think that for... Me, you know, the, the jerseys were so similar to what we had previously. I did listen to the Pete Welly interview, and he did say that there's a lot more subtle differences as far as like the moisture wicking and the way it wears and the way it feels for the players. Um, so I, I do understand that part. However, if you're going to hype it up as much and try and, you know, get 
people and fans to subscribe, you know, online or to, uh, oh boy, what's happening? Um, to, uh, uh, to, to, to download the app and whatnot. Then and I would have liked to at least see like a teal jersey or something like that. I mean, like, you know, you, we removed the Charlotte from one of the jerseys and put on just Hornets and the secondary logo is going to be on the shorts and all that. But as far as the reveal goes, um, yeah, I was, I was basically underwhelmed. Nick, how did you feel? Uh, about the same. I mean, I guess I should have expected a pretty similar jersey. I think we probably all should have. Um, but I guess with all the little pre the teaser videos they posted and the whole thing of you know joining the app, it's you know it, it made me feel like okay they're going to show us something new. And I mean, technically they were new, but not new enough to justify all of that. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I I gauge a lot of my reactions to this type of thing by producer Katie uh, because she's not as plugged in as she used to be when she was really helping out on the show. Uh, so she is very much like in that fan mode, and she sat down to watch it last night. And I was watching her watch the video. It was a little creepy. I'll, I'll grant you that. But I was watching her watch the video, and she – she starts off and the music, you know, starts to hit and it's it's pumping you up. And she goes, oh, man, this better be big. This better be big. And, of course, you get to it. And, and it is, the, the jerseys are very similar, as even Pete would admit in that interview. They, they take a lot of cues from last season's gear. And she was, she was like, what is that? Wait, wait. She was expect. I think the video plus – the fact that they started advertising this on Friday and wanted you to download an app and 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 then turn the notifications on. I mean, those kind of things, I think, built, built to something that was greater in terms of the amount of change, in terms of what you were going to see that was much different than what, what was actually happening. Yeah, and I think that for me, like, I... I, I was looking at the pictures and, you know, they're coming through and whatnot. And I was just like, there's, there's gotta be more than this. Like there, there has to be something else. And, and it well, just never- the thing is there doesn't have, the thing is there doesn't have to be, I mean, so the teams go through these type of like small tweaks. I, I, I pointed to the Oklahoma city mm-hmm. thunder tweaks that they did to their jerseys. Very small. Not every team has to rebrand when they, when they make changes. But I think when you, when you pump it up, like the Hornets did and you do the big video and you have the notification and the surprise and when is it going to hit then that stuff and then then the change has to live up to that Nick exactly yeah the hype machine was working and the uniforms didn't match that sorry I interrupted no 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 you're right I think if they had I mean it would have been fine if they had showed maybe a jersey from last season like maybe the home whites and then revealed maybe you know the 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 rumored pinstripe that we've that people have been expecting just something that we could see wow look at that new jersey that's cool you know but yeah clearly that was not the intention um and but by like you said creating all this hype you're uh you're setting people up for some unreasonable expectations I have a great email from one of our listeners, Daniel, a longtime listener. He's a great email. I'm going to get to that in one second. But first, let's talk about SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I know Claire and Nick do as well. And it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere. And with just a few taps on my phone, I can instantly find the seats 
uh, that I want and for a great price. I use their email alert system to tell me when Panthers preseason tickets are going to drop in price. But I went ahead and bought some tickets to a sweet 90s duo, Counting Crows and Matchbox 20, August 20th at PNC Pavilion. Uh, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. That's L-O-N-B-A for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't wait. Do it today. All right. That, that, what that 90s band you bought tickets for. What's that? I was going to ask what 90s band you bought tickets for. I, I preempted you. I knew you were going yeah. to ask that. And, and I, I had it ready. Counting Crows, Matchbox 20, August 20th. I see what you did there. Matchbox. Yeah. Clever. PNC Pavilion. Uh, I think I heard David walk into the room. David? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Oh, man. We totally. Glad oh, you, glad well, you could, glad you could ju- join us. I thought I rang the doorbell before, and I heard you guys discussing <laughs> the uh, the uniforms. So, yeah, <clears throat> I'm here. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to chat it up. I think I agree with Nick and, and everyone else uh, and Claire. I mean, the problem was that the Hornets hyped that up a little bit, but my my problem, guys, is a is a larger league wide issue. None of these uniforms are new. Uh, the Indiana Pacers have a new uniform. Everyone else has the exact same uniform with a new logo on it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a new terminology that people are throwing around new and not being new, but I'm I'm not a fan. And David, you and I are going to talk to uh, Paul Lucas from UniWatch for Thursday show. So look out for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm curious to know what he thinks. I'm yeah, curious it, to know what he thinks because he looks at the uniforms all day. I mean, I get they're technically new, but if you have to say they're technically new and if the layperson, you know, looks at them and sees the exact same uniform as last year, then uh, I, I don't. I just don't call that a new uniform. That being said, they look cool. They look exactly like what we thought they were with the Jumpman logo. Um, and there is more to come, right? That's what Pete said. Well, let's, let's get to this email from Daniel. You're just in time for this, uh, David. He says, first, it was last night's Twin Peaks episode. He emailed this on Monday. Then, it's these new Hornets jerseys. It's been an underwhelming 24 hours. I don't have a problem with the updated jerseys. They are cool. I just wished the organization didn't spend days hyping them up. When they announced on Friday that the reveal would happen today, I went into my weekend with a sense of excitement. I was all in. Heck, The teaser video had music reminiscent of the theme song from Stranger Things. It did. I was sure we were getting something cool along the lines of what the Blazers did. The monologue in the video prior to the reveal really amped up my excitement. Today marks a new beginning for the city of Charlotte. We must rep our city, the game, the logo, and the GOAT. And then, seemingly, we get the same jerseys but with a Jumpman logo on it. This just seems like a big marketing whiff, something we we don't usually get from this team, Daniel makes a couple of great points here, but I want to start with that last one. Um, yeah. How much of this is due to the fact that the Hornets had such a huge rebrand three years ago, and that rebrand really exceeded expectations? And so you had all of those expectations wrapped up and, and probably prodded a little bit by the team heading into this one, David. 
Yeah, as Pete said, you know, Nike and Jumpman and Jordan, they worked on the redesign the first time around, and then Adidas produced them. So um, when we initially heard this, I didn't think we'd see a huge revamp. And then, you know, some of the hype kind of changed my mind. But as you saw leading up to the days before that, um, with the sneak peeks and, you know, that none of the other teams have rolled out more than two, it kind of led to, you know, this this little underwhelming rebrand. But yeah, I think you're right. They didn't want to make a huge splash. And again, I think we have to finish, wait and see what else they have up their sleeves because it definitely sounds like something else is coming. Um, people are asking about the purple jersey and the Buzz City black jersey, and we know they're going to have four. Um, I still think they're going to roll out that that retro one that Nick mentioned before, but but we'll have to see. But I think you're right. I mean, they just went through a big rebrand, and these things are done so far out in advance that uh, anything that they were thinking about doing would have already had to have been approved, you know, by the time this rolled around. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of groundwork that has to be laid before they actually put the the switch on something totally new. Claire, how much of this could have been alleviated had they communicated that only two jerseys were going to be revealed? I feel like there was a lot of confusion about the number of jerseys. And I think they were restricted by the NBA in terms of only releasing those first two jerseys, because we're seeing it over and over, the Pacers, the Blazers, the Thunder, other teams, Sacramento, releasing the first two jerseys and waiting on the other three, or two, possibly. Yeah, no, so I went into today fully expecting to get the five jerseys, to be honest with you. And so whether that's naive on my part or whatnot, I mean, you know, I think that the lay fan was also Mm -hmm. expecting that as well. And you're right. I mean, like, you know, in the email, Daniel makes a great point that this is not a marketing whiff we usually see from the Hornets. Jordan, for whatever you want to say, you know, about his management style, is a great marketer. He is a phenomenal promoter. And, um, and in, in usually whenever he does promote something and he markets something, it lives up to the hype. And this is the first time I can remember in a long time that this has just not lived up to the Jordan hype that, you know, usual. So I do understand like the whole, they're really excited to be the only team, only professional team to have the Jordan logo on their uniforms, um, which is something. I think that that's, you know, really good. Um, that's That's a very good feather in the cap for the Hornets. Um, however, I think that you're right. I mean, you know, going in, kind of saying that there's going to be five new jerseys and then saying the morning of, oh, well, we're only going to release two. Um, that just, that, yeah, that I think was it was, I think hard. it was definitely an issue of communication. Uh, Nick, I, w- I want to go to you. Do people really yeah. care about the small advances in these uniforms, the technical advances that Nike is putting out? I mean, certainly the players care that the jerseys are lighter. I know a lot of players care that they are most likely ditching uh, the sleeved uniforms but there are these small changes, these small tweaks. I'm not sure the average fan really understands it or or really cares about it. Yeah, no, I, I probably not. Um, you know, unless it drastically changes how they, you know, how they fit on the average person. Um, no, I don't think it, it really matters, particularly during the reveal. <laughs> this jersey may um, be light, but it is tight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, the information, the aesthetic information that they revealed was mainly centered on the Jumpman logo, which we already knew about. So again, you're, um, you're revealing information or you're revealing a Jersey with information that we already pretty much know about. Um, you know, the, the Hornets, I think having Hornets on the teal Jersey, um, is a nice little change. It kind of makes things consistent, particularly now that those, I think, I guess those two jerseys will be the more, 
primary ones or the more used ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, no, I, I mean, as cool as it sounds that they're going to be lighter, they're going to, you know, they could help. <clears throat> it does kind of come off as, you know, anytime a new pair of shoes come out and they're telling you that they're going to make you jump higher, they're going to make you play better. You know, I we believe all it. Know that's really why I buy, I want to jump. I want to jump higher, David. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this thing. The guy's like, I really think the big reveal, obviously, in looking at this was the fact that the Jumpman logo is on there. And and when you step back and look at it, that is a pretty big deal. As you guys yeah. have said, it's the only pro team in U.S. professional sports to have that logo on there. It's a, it's a guy that played the game that was, you know, the best player in the game that now owns a team and his logo is on the jersey. I think if you step back and look at that, that is a pretty big deal. But as Nick pointed out, we already knew that was going to come down and happen. Um, but you still see a lot of the national outlets non you know direct basketball outlets uh fashion uh blogs sneaker blogs you know all of those things were picking this up just because of that Jumpman logo so i think they leaned heavily on that um maybe too much for you know the average hornets fan or the or the average fan around charlotte to really take notice and say hey there's a new logo on here because you know if you're not in if you're not into that if you don't follow you know fashion and sneaker blogs you probably don't care but I think that is a big deal in a lot of circles. And I think, you know, the disappointment is probably within the Hornets fans, uh, you know, is, is limited to the, probably the Hornets fans the most. I don't think most people around the league or around the country were overly disappointed because they really just wanted to see that logo. And they think that looks cool in and of itself. And I think the Hornets, uh, you know, like I said, depended a lot on that. And But to the average fan, it probably wasn't quite enough or to what they were expecting. Yeah, you make a couple of great points, David, that I think really wraps, puts puts a bow on this whole situation and that I think Daniel's view is is reflected in a lot of people that are listening out there. They don't think these jerseys that I've put up behind me here on the screen are bad. They don't think that they, mm-hmm. they, they made a misstep or anything or a bad design. Uh, they are just underwhelmed and don't understand why they were hyped up in the way they were. And I, and I think you make a great point, sort of this felt like something that would have gone really well on like niche fashion blogs or niche like sneakerhead blogs. But they advertise this through the Hornets app, through all of the Hornets social media that go out to every fan. And so when every fan walks in to, to see this, they go, wait a minute, this is... Like this, I saw this, this was last season. I get that. Right. So I, I think, yeah. yeah, but, but anyway, we, but, but the point is we still have three jerseys to go and they could go a lot of, or maybe three. I keep saying three. Maybe. You know why I keep maybe. saying that? Because that's what I want. I want a third <laughs> classic set or a fifth classic hey, set. Doug, yeah. Do you think we would have heard that? I mean, from Chris Kroger, you know, friend of the show, Who's pretty plugged in? I mean, I I don't know that they're obviously not advertising that. I just feel like so he um, yeah. That, Chris Kroger out tweeted that's out a good possibility. Yeah, Chris Kroger uh, tweeted out that there would be a, a total of five sets for the right. Hornets when all of this is said and done. Unconfirmed. You heard it there from Pete. Not ready to confirm that. Uh, other other team sources have not confirmed that either. Uh, but we did get the leaked picture. You heard Pete Gwelly mention the 30th anniversary coming up in 2018 for the right. team. So. Everything is sort of hinting, and they're not denying it either. So take that yeah. for what you will. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they would have denied it if it wasn't coming, to be honest with you. I think that Pete would have outright said, you know what, this is not the time, this is not the year, we're not going to do this right this is now. Like classical, this is like classic like political theory, like yeah, a right. denial, like a, 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 a no yeah. comment is not a denial. <laughs> and they've done that in the past. I mean, in the past they said, you know, not right now. So right. I think it's all leaning towards that. We'll see. All right, let's get to some actual Hornets news. Uh, the Hornets, like on the basketball court type of news, the Hornets have waived point guard Briante Weber before a deadline that would have guaranteed his contract for next season. Weber played for the Hornets' Orlando Summer League team and was competing for the third point guard spot. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Does this come as a surprise? Not really, uh, particularly after uh, the, the, they brought in, I think, what, eight point guards to work out? Um, <laughs> you know, I was down there working out. <laughs> yeah, David got some refs. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do? Was it, you know, you think you got a shot or? I broke another finger. Didn't get <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so, no, I mean, I think at that point, but, you know, things are sort of hinting at that. I mean, you know, if you watched him in summer league, he had a few bright moments, but compared to some of the other guys that are trying to make the team, um, he just wasn't as consistent. Um, he didn't necessarily stand out. Um, still showed he could be a good defender, still showed he was, you know, he was very active and, and, you know, had that high motor that, that Clifford really liked from him last year. Um, but still didn't show enough development, um, from, you know, shooting the ball. Um, you know, I saw him miss or get blocked at the rim a number of times, which is something they really wanted him to, to get better at. Um, and they wanted someone that could be a playmaker that could, you know, facilitate and, he showed a little bit of that, but obviously not enough to, you know, to warrant, um, you know, getting fully guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, I, and I've said it before on the podcast and, you know, he just was making in the summer league games, at least uh, he was just making too many just frankly rookie kind of dumb mistakes. I mean, he, he missed passes that were wide open. He um, had some really bad turnovers a couple times as well. Um, I think there's a backcourt violation there somewhere too, but I mean, like, you know, it was just, you know, if you're, if you're going to be the backup point guard for the Hornets, you have to play better than that. Like you have to do, um, better than, than what he did, frankly. And so, I mean, I, this isn't, I agree with Nick, this isn't a surprise at all. I think that if anything, like, um, this is kind of a long time coming to be honest with you, but, um, and I think that, Clifford really hoped that he would have stepped up in the, in the summer league, um, at least more than he did, because he's a great athlete. He does play really good defense. Um, and, you know, those are things that Clifford really does like, um, but he just doesn't like the mental errors that we saw from him yeah. probably three too many times. Yeah, I think when you look at summer league specifically, right, I mean, they're looking for these guys, especially guys that have had minutes in the league and have had experience in summer league and, and you know, regular season games. They want those guys. They don't have to be flawless, but I mean, they need to at least stand out to the point where they're not sticking out for negative things. And they need to be able, in Briante's case, probably be able to command the offense a little better and run the team, as Doug mentioned, you know, who's still lacking in some of those areas in the games. And even for rookies, they're looking for guys to, to stand out to where they can say, well, that guy can probably contribute in the regular season. And I think, excuse me, I think for Weber, you know, having had that experience, having been on the team last year, they were probably just expecting a little bit more for him. But I wonder what you guys think about um, the fact that Michael Carter-Williams is, is, is the two. Do you think that has anything to do with it? I mean, because, you know, hey, he could come have, have a bounce-back year, but last year he did not have a great year. I just wonder if that had anything to do with their decision. They wanted a little something more, I don't know, uh, dependable 
at the third spot, or do you think that didn't play into this at all? Well, we'll have to see yeah, who what the final decision is on that point guard position, but if they do go with someone that has some veteran experience like a Norris Cole who has played you know, yeah. in some final situations, then you would think, yeah, that, that may have something to do with it. The fact that you have Michael Carter-Williams, who had one of his worst statistical seasons last season for the Chicago Bulls, maybe that plays into it. And I think also, Claire brings up a good point. When you play backup point guard for the Charlotte Hornets, and I think that makes a difference because Coach Clifford values, I think, very specific things in the point guard position. And and the point guard position is one that is very important to most NBA franchises, but I would say is very important to this franchise. They run so much of their offense through the point guard position and don't have a ton of guys outside of Nick Batum that can bring the ball up the floor and be the primary ball handler. So I I, I think the point guard position, very important. And Briante Weber just did not show enough of an ability to really run an NBA offense in summer league and then had some issues last season as well. And I think that's what led to his departure. But Nick, what does, what do you see Clifford or the Hornets organization really valuing in that point guard position? Um, Reliability. I think more so anything. Reliability, uh, yeah. You know, David, as you mentioned, uh, you know, they're, you know, we, we, we hope Michael Carter Williams does a bounce back here. Um, but, um, you know, I've seen a few people kind of throw this around. If he doesn't, if he kind of flops, you know, they want to, you know, they have turns that third point card. Um, they want to make sure that, that he's dependable. Um, yeah. So yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of reflective in some of the players they brought in. Obviously no one, I mean, Cole is like you mentioned, uh, Doug, more of the, you know, notable ones having won a couple titles, but, um, some of these other guys have been in the league a little, a little bit. Um, they have some of the skills that the team is looking for. Um, so, you know, in a, in a certain role, those guys could potentially, um, you know, could potentially do what they, you know, what they'd want them to do if there was something with, you know, say injury or maybe, you know, Carter Williams not producing like they'd hoped. And plus, I mean, like Briante Weber would be great in like a run and gun type of offense, but that's not what Coach Clifford does. Great I mean, point. Hornets do. Um, you know, he he values pacing. He values you know the the intricacies of the offense. Um, and you know, I think that, like I said, like Briante Weber would be great in you know in an offense that would just say, "Hey, we're taking the ball, and we're running with it um, on offense." And you know, but but that's just not what we do. All right, and finally, a high-ranking Charlotte Hornets official is officially a blogger. You know what that means. Time to rip some binary waves. We're going surfing. Cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite. Searching for a website. A window to the world. Got to get online. Take a spin. Now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. All right, so Rich Cho has a food blog now, writing off the popularity of his Instagram, which was known for posting amazing food pictures of his dining adventures. He has created BigTimeEats.com, where he shares his latest big-time dish. There is even a place for user-submitted big-time bites, and apparently, if you are selected, you win some big-time swag. So, uh, Nick, what are we submitting here? Man, I mean, well, it sounds like it's all like, and this is, uh, I think, an angle I like. It's only like good food. Like, even if you rank it out of, like, you can rank it like one through five. It's almost like they don't want you to post like your bad experiences. This is like you went somewhere, you had a meal you liked, you felt it was worth sharing. Um, 
you know, so that's, I think that's a pretty cool angle. Um, I think it's cool that, you know, we, I mean, I mean, first of all, you know, he's shown out Cho as a blogger is now one of the people. Um, and as such, he's bringing <laughs> in the people he's letting, you know, us kind of go on there and he's one day. of us now, Nick, he's right, one of exactly. us. I feel closer to him. He posed, by the way, uh, he posted the Big Time Eats at the Hive article on the blog. It's in the featured articles. I, I need to, I, I have not seen that. That is, you know, I've, <laughs> I can't top that at this point. You're, My, uh, you're not, you're done. This is the last show I'll ever do. So thank you. No. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I actually, um, I haven't gone and actually posted it yet, but I like, the day that it launched, I actually went out to eat that night and just, you know, I, I suddenly was taking a picture of my food, which is, you know, something that I've kind of poked fun at in the past, but I was like, <laughs> I kind of want to go on and, and Rich Joe you know, has legitimized food. food pictures for you. Exactly. Exactly. So no, it's a cool idea. Um, and I think like, you know, I kind of said this in the article, Cho is not really, he's not a, a huge public figure. So this, um, you know, doing, um, you know, participating in the ping pong tournament, we're kind of starting to see a little bit more about who he is as a person, which is cool. All right, Claire, I know you got to go real quick. What are you posting? Um, yeah, no, I think that it, it's, it's fun. I mean, you know, it just shows the different side of the, of the GM and, you know, he's not always like business, business, business. And so I think that it's, it's a, it's a nice little, you know, levity kind of thing. And so, I mean, it's, it's cool. I think that it, it, I wish that more people were kind of you know, outgoing or more GMs are more like that. I mean, like Mark Cuban is one that is, he's a, he's the sports owner and he's also the personality as well. So I think that Rich Joe's kind of like getting into that realm um, as well. So I think that, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, 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 I looked at it earlier. It was basically like, I think 80% of what he was posted was basically like three stars or something like that. So, um, and even like the ones that were one star or two stars, he still had some like glowing things to say about it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's good that he's not like using it to just in like what Nick was saying that, you know, you don't post the bad experiences. So he's not trying to like blow up anyone's spot, but I mean, he, he you know, he's even, like I said, even if he does do a, a lower rating, he still has some really good things to say. Positive vibes, all good vibes. Hey, thanks, Claire. I know you got to go. I got to leave. I'll see you guys later. All right. Uh, David, I know you got some big time. You got some big time bites for me. What are you posting on big you know time what? bites? I, I tried to post my pizza from over the weekend and it wouldn't <laughs> allow me to upload the photo format. So this could be some user Wait, error. What photo format end. did you use? iPhone? I don't know. I took a picture with my phone and tried to upload it. And it was like only JPEG and PNG and, <laughs> and every, uh, yeah, it wouldn't work for me. Maybe so it's my software. you upload a .bmp, a paint file? If that's, if, if that's a real issue though for this app, uh, that's, you know, that, that seems like a gap in their planning. They may have to go reassess that, but everyone else doesn't seem to have a problem. So as soon as I get that worked out, I'm going to post some pizza. I'm, I'm posting breakfast at Jack Beagle's. That's my new jam in okay. Noda. It's they do like a brunch now on weekends. You got to go check it out. Brunch is the best. Brunch, brunch is the best. Is it. Hey, David, I don't Nick. Do you watch Twin Peaks? I'm I'm currently on the like original like season two of. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I want to go back to Daniel's email where he mentioned Twin Peaks, and he was underwhelmed by this last episode of Twin Peaks. I'm underwhelmed by the entire third season. I, I, I can't I'm spoil anything it. for you, Nick. David, I don't know if you've watched the episode for yet, but yes, I can't spoil. I, I can't spoil anything spoil, because nothing happens. 
That's my that's my biggest nuggets, problem. Though. We got did in the monologue to start the episode. We got didn't we get some new information? I can't really keep up to be honest with you, but it felt like new new information. Here's filling out the story. Here's the problem. This this was David Lynch at his most indulgent. He's been the star of the show. His his yeah. agent Cole character. It's he's been more in it than Kyle McLaughlin. Well, it's a bit like it's a bit like the Arrested Development uh, quandary that you mentioned, you know, previously. Like the, this last season on Netflix, they really couldn't get everyone in the same place enough, and that's what this is starting to feel like a little bit. There's, I think, there's that, but I also, I just think that this is David Lynch unleashed, and and it's in, it's just oh, too 100%. indulgent. It's too, uh, like I said, it's I, I just, I can't deal with it. I, I'll stick out. I, you know, it's, this is an abusive relationship. Like I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna stick with it, <laughs> but. But uh, I just Lynch is Lynch is killing me right now with the long pauses and the 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 scenes that really go nowhere. <sighs> yep. Can't I got to jump, dude. Hey, we do, too. Uh, we all hey. got to jump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again on Thursday with an interview with Paul Lucas of UniWatch. Plus, I think we're going to be live on Facebook. So if you're not, if you haven't liked the Locked On Podcast Network's Facebook, do that because that's where we're going to be. For David and Nick and Claire, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.